The Business of Cannabis is brought to you by CashTech Currency Products, North America's leading cash management provider for cannabis retailers. Cash recyclers, smart safes, software and services, CashTech has everything the cannabis retailer needs to track, manage, and secure the cash earned in the dispensary. Don't take chances with your cash. Call CashTech and solve the problem. Visit www.cashtechcurrency.com to learn more. You're listening to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio. Welcome one and all to the Business of Cannabis, a weekly look at the most relevant, groundbreaking, innovative business stories from the cannabis front lines, the latest cannabis brands, services, innovations in retail, software, distribution, marketing, a hard look at the hard realities of making money in the cannabis industry. Today's show, we're going to be looking at uh, the same issue, but from two very different vantage points. Uh, the issue is how relentless the cannabis business can be. All that work you put in to get your business to a particular point, uh, you climb the proverbial mountain, uh, get to the top, and lo and behold, another mountain to climb. But like being on a never-ending spinning wheel. No matter how fast you go, you have to keep running. Uh, we meet uh, Janine Yu and John Pollock of Sundrift. They've launched an interesting new edibles concept in uh, Massachusetts, uh, an infused hard candy, which they hope to take nationwide. This is a product of years of trial and error, uh, perfecting the recipe, raising money, launching a product and a company. And it's just hit the market. We'll see how Sundrift has climbed that particular mountain and, and maybe touch on uh, what mountains lie ahead for them. Uh, then we chat with Rhonda Kratz of Air Wellness. Air Wellness is a fairly well-known name, uh, but facing a far different type of mountain. They're a 78-location strong dispensary chain, multi-state operator, 11 brands. Uh, but the majority of their locations are in Florida, and growth in other states you know, has been slower. Um, they have a broad range of products, but can they push them to be true national brands? Air Wellness is in the running to be one of those national chains with nationally recognized brands, but they're not there yet. And there's lots of competitors clamoring for that same spot. They've long since climbed the early product launch mountain, but they're now staring up at that go big or go home mountain, uh, which is probably, uh, which is, which is definitely a bigger mountain than what Sundrift is looking at. After all that work, there's still work to do. All this, and uh, we welcome back Matt Cook to get his thoughts on the mountains, sundrift, and their wellness about to tackle. As a serial entrepreneur, uh, Matt's been a business alpinist himself a few times, and it'll be interesting uh, to get his take on things. At least I think it will be. I'll let you be the judge, but we keep having him back, and our listeners keep telling me they like what he has to say, so high hopes there. We at the Business of Cannabis have our own mountain to climb, bringing you uh, business stories from the cannabis front lines that provide clarity to the state of affairs in the industry and cut through all that noise to see what works and, of course, what doesn't, and bring, and bring you business stories you wouldn't otherwise hear. I'm Dave Scott, your host, and this is The Business of Cannabis. And welcome to the business of cannabis. And uh, we're going to meet some uh, very entrepreneurial, interesting people, which is always a good idea, I think. Uh, Janine Yu has spent many years in the travel industry, 
she's going to be traveling a bit more because she's currently COO and co-founder of Sundrift, which has launched a new cannabis-infused edibles candy in Massachusetts. Um, we're also joined by John Pollock, who's a, a co-founder and a chief business officer of Sundrift. He also worked in the travel business, which I'm suspecting is where they met. Uh, probably somewhere <laughs> fabulous, what I know of the travel business. Uh, but we're talking candy. We're talking uh, infused with THC. We're talking a new brand. We're talking to two people with big plans for the future. So let's find out what those plans are. Welcome, weary travelers, uh, to the business of cannabis. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Yes, thanks. Uh, my, my pleasure. Um, and I'm very intrigued by this um, and certainly intrigued by this uh, category, cannabis category. I don't have to tell you, it's growing. It's, it's uh, interesting. I wouldn't say new player, but that's not maybe an un, unfair assessment. But start, uh, maybe Janine, start with you. Where did sure. you get this idea for a the Sundrift brand, uh, 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 a, a candy infused? Product? Sure. So Sundrift was co-founded in the fall of 2020 by myself, the woman of the minority behind Sundrift. Uh, John Pollock is on the show with us. He's our chief business officer. And my husband, our co-founder, David, who is the one who originated the candy. Dave's a really good home chef, and he started playing around with a hard candy recipe about seven years ago, just tinkering around in our kitchen. You know, he would make the full spectrum oil himself. He'd do the extraction. Uh, then he would make this hard candy. And he played around with the dosage, with the flavor, with uh, the formulation. And he landed on something which we believe to be really special. And a lot of our friends and family and personal network became huge fans of the candy. And so at the height of the pandemic, you know, with my background in travel and his background in music and events, we basically found ourselves with time and we thought, you know what, we always wanted to enter the legal cannabis market and now's our chance. So we knew that we needed one more person in our team to bring them the business know-how. Right. And John and I had known each other from the travel industry. He's an entrepreneur. I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. I bring the logistics and operational background to things. And with David, with his original candy formulation, it just became this perfect marriage in setting up this hard candy edibles company. So I'm guessing there was a lot of like, David, what are you doing? Nothing, just uh, making a sandwich. <laughs> there it was. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, our landlords were very curious about the smell right. from our kitchen. Yeah, I'll tell you that. that. Good stuff. I, you know, it's, it's interesting how many companies had a sort of a non-traditional um, but did did your backgrounds, because you've had a very background in, mm -hmm. uh, did it affect how you created this company? Could For you... sure. So uh, my background in the travel industry was very much rooted in operations and logistics. And so I bring a lot of skills to bear in this new industry where, you know, it's it's a hard business to be in. And it's a real business in the sense that there's so much regulation, there's so much paperwork involved. And I think you really needed somebody with kind of like the operational skill set to come in and to jump through all these hoops at the right. same time. Uh, you know, it can be a lucrative business as we've heard anyway. And so I knew <laughs> that I rumor. needed someone <laughs> right with with the right background and skill set. And John had the perfect background in my mind and that he spent 10 years in the CPG world. He has an MBA from Harvard and he also set up his own travel company over the last 10 years. So I think with our complementary skill sets, we were able to launch this company in 
quite a fast time frame. Actually, it took only took us one year to get our license, and we officially launched in the Massachusetts uh, industry in the summer of 2022. Wow! So this is fresh off the press. Um, yeah. The the news. Uh, well, uh, John, you know, there's a hint. Uh, I should ask you a question, uh, but I'm interested, <laughs> super interested in this. So this is. I don't know if it's unfair because I lobbed a pretty softball at Janine. You know, tell me about your company. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Let's get into this product category, the edible space, if you will. Put it in the competitive landscape for me. Why do we need another edibles product? Literally, I can go to my dispensary and see a thousand of them. Sure. And just one quick um, uh, edit is just uh, we launched in July of 2022. I think she said December. So just making sure. They're already yeah, fighting. I think so, they're maybe. already fighting. So. You did <laughs> say the summer. Um, I thought yeah. you said the summer, but I said the okay. summer. I think the summer. Oh, you did. With oh, respect, I December. Then, and I then hate to pick hearing. sides. I hate to pick sides. But no, you're no, Janine, you're wrong, John. <laughs> per, per usual, Janine was right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, we, we we've got to we got to listen yeah, to each other. Okay. <laughs> so so key. yeah. But yeah, to your the, question. Yeah. In the space. Yeah. So. So. Yeah, so I mean, I think there's a lot of things I'd, I'd touch on about the edibles space, um, you know, both in Massachusetts and, and then in a broader landscape um, in Massachusetts specifically. So it's, you know, it's a minority of the of the total cannabis space, um, but, you know, a, around 10 percent or a little bit more, um, depending on what time frame you're looking at. Um, and it's also growing at a, at a clip that's bigger um, than the, the cannabis category is growing overall. Um, and what really excites us about, um, about edibles specifically is that we see edibles as kind of the, um, the perfect, like part of, of, of this category, um, that's, that's really going to, um, open up a whole new pool of consumers who are not necessarily heavy cannabis users, um, but that, um, that over time might, um, be introduced and see, you know, our brand and products along with others as way, you know, one as, you know, more of a traditional kind of like CPG, um, the food and beverage product um, that tastes great, um, that you can enjoy, savor, but that also brings additional benefits, um, recreational and beyond. So we see the 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 untapped potential of, of edibles um, in this space as, as huge. And so we've decided really to, um, and we believe in kind of um, you know, we want, we believe in and want to help shape a little bit of what that looks like. And so right. we've really focused a lot on, um, you know, on, on, on just working within the can within edibles specifically. And then, um, you know, within Massachusetts specifically, um, you know, we are seeing from the time we first launched to now for sure an, an increasing number of entrants, but it's still very fragmented. Um, so there's a lot of opportunity for, um, you know, for those brands that um, that can build their brands and offer the right products in the right way, both at the dispensary level and then to end consumers, um, there's uh, there's for sure a chance to become a leading brand. Um, you know, as as for example, West Coast brands have have successfully done, um, and this is what we're trying to do. You know, within Massachusetts and then eventually in the Northeast and then then beyond. So, would it be fair to categorize your marketing focus on the less traditional cannabis users? Or do you see a hybrid there? 
Uh, yeah, you know, give me the demographic of what you think this product's who's this product's going to sure. appeal to. Kids, not when I say kids, oh, 18 kids, to 25 year olds shouldn't have said that. Terrible thing. When I, <laughs> to me, that's a kid. 20, 18 to right, 19 right. to 25 year olds. Young, the young younger sort of adults professional. <laughs> are we talking about young adults? Are we talking about that sort of 30 to 40 crowd with a bit of experience or a bit of affluence? Are we talking about more of a mass product, uh, more sure. higher-end product? How do you see it? Yeah, I think um, there's, you know, I think there's a lot of sub-targets uh, that we can hit over time. But when I think about the the kind of initial way we're positioning ourselves, um, it really um, is towards the, um, the you know, not again, not necessarily a heavy cannabis user. Um, maybe they they have cannabis experience. Maybe they don't. But someone who ultimately cares about quality um, and taste and benefits um, will be discerning um, in in and not sort of just just probably the same way they'll be they're discerning in the the you know at the grocery store they're discern uh, they're discerning um, you know in the edibles products they'll buy um, they 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 value craft. Um, and they value um, a company that cares about doing doing good and doing well. So, you know, within that, I'd say um, certainly like um, doesn't have the, not the highest end of luxury. We want to make this product accessible, but um, but we are looking for consumers who are you know maybe have um, and at the end of the day, you know, for how much you can get out of a 100 milligram jar of edibles, it's not a very expensive product. But of course. You know that that's all relative, right? And so not everyone might see it that way. So um, I'd say we want to be targeting people who are a little bit less price sensitive. They're willing to pay a little more for a product that's better. Um, definitely think kind of the um, you know the the young to kind of um, the young to more established professionals um, for sure. You know, wine moms can you know we see this as kind of a natural fit for them, but. But I think this can also even, you know, I said, obviously, we want to start with a targeted focus, but even, um, you know, even if we're not going after the heaviest cannabis users, um, we know that um, because we focus on, on, you know, a full spectrum product that's from the whole flower um, and we care about um, effects that are not just, uh, you know, what you get from a cheaper distillate, um, we know we'll also have appeal to to the more regular cannabis user who may or may not like edibles because there may or may not be, you know, um, edibles products that are, are you know, a, a good enough high compared to what they're used to. So I think there's, uh, you know, uh, I, I think there can, I don't see us as being a, you know, mass brand, but I think there's a, a lot of chance for us to be a leading craft brand with, um, with overlapping appeal to different demographics. We are talking to Gene Yu and uh, John Pollock from Sundrift who have just launched in July, a new edibles candy, uh, infused candy. Um, let me ask you, uh, and this is a unique opportunity because I don't often get to talk to such, such a new lot, like a, a new product, if you will. Um, although the industry is not that old, but still it's a unique moment to talk to two people just on the cut. So much work to get to this point and, and nothing's happened yet, sort of which is typical in business, right? A lot of setup. But I want to ask you, Janine, that setup piece, mm -hmm. what, what, was, what was the biggest challenges in getting, getting just, oh, David has an idea. Okay, okay, great. You buy in. What was the challenge to get to this, sure. to this point? Take us through that journey of it. 
So we were very conscious about not wanting to enter the market with another Me Too product, right? Um, everybody equates edibles with gummies. That's by and large, a lot of consumers, when they think edibles, they think about a gummy. We knew we were trying to launch something that was different and unique and had a lot of added benefit because it was a hard candy format. So our hard candies are basically a lozenge. And because it was made with a full spectrum oil, there was also um, the education around that that we had to inform the consumer that this is a much better, more balanced high than what you might be used to from all these cheaper gummies that are only infused with THC distillate. Okay. So you get the entourage effect, as we know, you get from full spectrum oil. And so, the, uh, the uh, added benefits that John alluded to, I, I get, now I get what you mean. So exactly. You, right. And okay. very recently, we actually tweaked our formulation to make it even better uh, because the hard candy uh, is already a fast acting product and that it has a sublingual effect when you start to suck on the candy. Within minutes, you start to feel the effects uh, before it even hits your stomach. It's already new and improved. You haven't even launched it. <laughs> well, yeah, but you know, we're even better. 10% more. Awesome. Well, Good so we you. made it nano infused. We added a nano emulsion to it. Okay, and hold, that on, makes it, hold on, hold uh on. -huh. Please explain that because <laughs> I've heard that. Sure. Uh, uh, what, do you, what do you mean? So I'm honestly not the best person to explain this, but basically um, this me. nano emulsion, um, it binds with the molecules of the oil and the flavoring and everything basically that goes into the formulation. So there's less um, inconsistency in the product. So we have a more homogenous product that makes it um, more fast acting than the candy already was. And so now we can truly claim that it's a fast acting edible because okay. of this nano emulsion. And, so and I, got, I assume when you say fast acting, it's also, uh, I, it, what's the word, it, consistent. I can know exactly. within a certain period of time, whether it's, a very it's five balanced, or 10 minutes, it's happening. Exactly. Not the usual, either zero or three hours from now. Right. And we're seeing it in our testing too. Our tests coming back from the lab, as you know, every edible um, in the US or at least in Massachusetts has to go through lab testing process. Our numbers are consistently on point at or near the five milligram uh, of THC mark, which is um, the rule in Massachusetts. So we know the nano emulsion is really helping us in with this fast acting benefit. We have the full spectrum oil component to it. It's a brand new category in the Massachusetts edibles market because there really isn't another hard candy out there. There's one other brand that does something different, but it's not like the lozenge format that we have. And so going back to your original question of what has been challenging about launching, is that there's a lot of education that needs to be done with the consumers here. Like we believe we've hit upon something unique and great and something that, as John said, has appeal across different demographics. But, you know, in order to get there, in order to get our name known, and in order for people to fully understand why this is a special and different product, we need to educate the consumer around those concepts, nano emulsion, why it's fast acting, full spectrum, right. why that's better than THC distillate, and just hard candy being, you know, a great product that's not a gummy. So how does, okay, another hard question. How do you do that? <laughs> I mean, I suppose if you had a couple billion dollars, it might be easier. Uh, I'm guessing you don't. Um, how does how do how how are you going about doing? And and I know everyone's now listening very closely to this. How do you get the word out? Sure, I think who's going to um, run at I that mean, one? That, that, <laughs> Is that John? Yeah. Okay. 
Sure, I can. I can. I'm I can listening too. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think that that's the, uh, you know, the, the million or I guess you said the two billion dollar question. Um, but uh, but yeah, effectively, um, we're sort of looking at it as sort of a two pronged approach. So um, phase one and also, in, you know, one of the considerations, right, is this is not being a traditional CPG space. Um, you, you can't just go out and and advertise even if you have the money of to course, do so yes. it, you can't just 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 build a brand that, in some yeah, of the get traditional a super ways. Bull so, ad and off you go yeah exactly so um so we're really in phase one really focusing on everything in the store with the the, the people who are at the front lines of talking to educating and connecting with the consumer at the moment of, of shopping and the moment of purchase um and um and so this means everything from having a strong like impactful presence in the store how do you get through some of the clutter with everything else that's that's on the shelf um, that might be attracting the the shopper's eye um, how do we have you know really kind of dial up our in-store presence with pop-ups um, and other ways that, that you know the, so that includes things where we've we do um, we're very committed to sampling uninfused products in our in the st stores so that and with with some uh, some education materials um, that are easy to kind of digest no no pun intended right right, right by the the sampling well, jar you did say it. Um, <laughs> I did say it I, I knew it was coming <laughs> take responsibility it's gonna be a little funny <laughs> yes um, but uh, and then kind of that so that's one part of that but I think even more important right is that the uh, you know, basically, the bud tenders are the gatekeepers to. Uh, okay, I was going to ask, to, like, to, uh, is it educating yeah. the educator on some level? Yeah, I, I think yeah, that's so that's so critical. Um, and both about um, being able to speak in the right way about our product, but also just being excited and eager and already motivated to do so um, because they have plenty of things that are on their mind that they're focused on. So how do we get through the clutter of everything else they're thinking about and um, and give them, re make it easy and give them reasons. Um, and some of that is, is about education and material. Some of that is, is really building great relationships um, and getting, having them be, in, you know, going back to who is this product for, um, you know, we see within the industry and trade where of course you have more of the regular cannabis users, people are loving our product. Um, and so, um, awesome. you know, I, yeah. I think, um, yeah. So, and, and so I think getting them to, to, you know, to, to, to become and stay excited about both the, the product and its benefits as well as the brand um, is really key. Um, and so, but, and that's not just done with the flip of the switch or one sure. kind a, of silver right. bullet. It's a, it's Every a continuous day. kind of yeah. effort and, you know, totally. we're, we're just starting on, yeah, we're just starting on that path. So um, a lot more work has to be done. We're not, by no means are we at, at the finish line, um, but but I think we've got some good things in place. We're seeing what works and what doesn't, and we're just trying to be really nimble and pivot and get really uh, informed um, informed ideas from from others in the industry of what they've seen work and and trying to be be like a sponge at this point. Cool. Um, you know, I think is is so key. And then longer term, I think we'll you know continue to 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 dial up our efforts really on the uh, on the brand building 
um, direct to consumers, how we, you know, we, we want our brand and products to be something that where it's less of a push and more of a pull that, you know, shop, whether it's, sure. um, right. because well, that's the best, isn't it? Like you mouth. haven't yeah, had to sell exactly. it. Itself, it sells itself in word, word of mouth. Let me ask, I, we don't have very much time, uh, but Janine, let me, let me ask yeah. you one last thing. Like in a perfect world, I call you up in five years. What is Sundrift? Sundrift? would yeah. be the leading craft edibles brand in the country. That's my dream for it. And not just for our own business success, but in destigmatizing cannabis, because there's still such a taboo around it. And right. I come from a country, the Philippines, where there's an infamous war on drugs and people can be arrested or even killed for carrying marijuana or even just being suspected of carrying marijuana. And so it's a personal mission of mine to destigmatize cannabis and let people know that you know there's lots of great benefits that can enhance your lifestyle. Well, I'm gonna I'm not gonna wait five years. I'm gonna wait five or six months because I want to keep my eye on this. This is super interesting. Plus, it's it's an interesting incubation. You know, starting in Massachusetts, get this word of mouth going, and hopefully, I'm I'm assuming uh, res, uh, build on that sort of word of mouth resonating with with your consumers and also the the dispensaries themselves. It's an interesting story. And I thank you for sharing it with us. Um, Where do I, if I was in Massachusetts, where would I buy, get some Sundrip products? (laughs) We're currently in uh, 20 stores or so across the state, about 10% of the stores right now. As I mentioned, we just launched in the summer. We are actively working on opening more accounts. So hopefully, you know, within the next few months, you'll see us across the state. So coming to a dispensary near you. In Massachusetts. Uh, We have been chatting with Janine Yu and John Pollock of Sundrift. Super interesting new concept. Um, And I'm I'm guessing it's not, it's going to be, it's going to be available outside of Massachusetts at some point. Um, Maybe, maybe the summer of next year. Um, And that's when we'll reach out. Anyway, thank you very much. I really appreciate appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you, David. Thank you for having us. Yes. And we'll be back with more of the business of cannabis. The business of cannabis is brought to you by CashTech Currency Products, North America's leading cash management provider for cannabis retailers. Cash recyclers, smart safes, software and services, CashTech has everything the cannabis retailer needs to track, manage, and secure the cash earned in the dispensary. Don't take chances with your cash. Call CashTech and solve the problem. Visit www.cashtechcurrency.com to learn more. Now, who's ready for a fresh, uh, unbiased perspective on large chain expansion in the retail cannabis industry? Well, get ready, because that's what you're going to get. Rhonda Kratz is Senior VP of Retail for Air Wellness, 78 locations for on-chain of stores, a long list of states, New Jersey, Arizona, Nevada, Illinois, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, especially Florida, where they just opened up their 52nd location, which is impressive. Uh, they They also have 11 brands. Uh, carried by some 570 dispensaries around the nation. So a lot going on. Uh, I say uh, unbiased because Rhonda just joined AIR about six months ago after spending years in executive roles where she expanded other retail operations in uh, diverse fields like optical, veterinary, luxury goods. Although there was a stint uh, at a uh, another cannabis manufacturer in New York. Rhonda, let's chat about uh, growing a cannabis business. Uh, that doesn't sound very easy, right? Especially now. So uh, welcome to the can- business of cannabis. Thank you, David. It is so exciting for me to be here. I appreciate the time. Yeah, well, um, before we jump into air, uh, 
give me your perspective. Um, you had a little bit of a time with, with another uh, cannabis company. How would you compare your experiences in cannabis vis-a-vis those other areas that you've worked in? What, yeah. Are there some unique qualities you've already felt or seen? Yeah, um, cannabis is incredibly um, exciting and there's so much going on and it's super challenging um, and the growth is rapid. As you know, it's like being on a rocket ship on any given day, right? There are no two days that are alike. Um, but I'll tell you, I, my career, I, I spent the majority of, of my time at um, an optical retailer. I grew up within the Luxottica branch, so I spent 26 years there, uh, mostly in stores and operations and customer experience. And uh, my, my last role there was heading up the Lens Crafters chain. We had a thousand stores and a billion okay, dollars wow. in revenue. And so um, while it sounds like, gosh, what does eyeglasses have to do with cannabis? But um, the two are actually quite similar in that they're both consultative retail selling environments. And so um, the, the both experiences are personally are, are highly personalized. So it's a one-on-one -on -one interaction with a highly knowledgeable staff associate when you're buying eyeglasses and also when you're purchasing cannabis. So there really are a, a lot of uh, similarities. There was also some regulatory you know, challenges for us in the optical industry as well. Clearly not as complex uh, right. as there are in the, in the cannabis space, but um, optometry and opticianry regulations are, are different by state. So I think those things were, were quite similar. I also spent some time in the veterinary space um, working with consolidators and, and scaling that business, which really was, is similar to what we're doing with our acquisitive activity here at AIR. So um, while uh, veterinary and optical seem quite different from cannabis, there are lots of similarities that I, I believe give me a, a, a really unique perspective. To, so interesting. To <clears throat> so it wasn't some culture shock. It wasn't like, wow, what, what world have I entered? Although I imagine on some level it is. Um, <laughs> you can't get away from that entirely. That's an interesting perspective. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm going to go off script. Do you think, what is it about air? that you do so well on the, in that consultative environment because an interesting perspective you're one of the first people i've spoken to in all the i don't know 70 shows we've done who's who's expressed it in that way what is it that you do that makes you good at that yeah at air one one of the the core values that we have is creating creating wonder and we we want to do an incredible job with our customers and our patients and as you know we've got adult use stores and we've got medical stores and we really we want to meet the consumer where they are in their cannabis journey and so we have um created an environment in our stores where our bud tenders and our staff and our teams are very educated and knowledgeable about cannabis and about the effects of cannabis and how to best meet that consumer where they are in their journey, whether they're a brand new to cannabis consumer and they've never tried and they're coming to a store for the very first time, or they're a brand new medical patient, or if they're a cannabis connoisseur. And so we tailor our training programs and our, our selling approach to be consultative in that we want to make sure that we are able to, to serve each and every one of those customers. So I have now a thousand questions based on that last <laughs> sentence, uh, but I'm going to ask you an easy one first, and then I'm going to drill down. Um, 
because I've read, looked over your website in preparation for this interview, and your company speaks of wonder and the curative and inspirational aspects of cannabis. You're not the only ones who, have done, who do that, but I'm, it sounds like the fact that you brought it up, it's, it's an important value that you have. Can you tell me what it means to you yeah. guys in reality? And then also give me an example of what that means in action, like in how, how air might be different because of this value that you have. Yeah, I'm gonna give you a couple. So our founder and CEO, John Sandelman, has, has always said and often quotes that, that cannabis sits at the cross-section of wellness and wonder. And, and that's not just, I, I just sat with John in his office yesterday, and that's not just a poster that sits on somebody's wall. He truly believes that, um, and it permeates our entire organization. Our desire is really to strike this balance between the idea of being convenient, but also creating discovery and, and wonder. And if you think about, you know, cannabis is still so new to so many people, although two thirds of the population now um, think that cannabis should be legal, it's still pretty new and there's constant innovation in form factors and types of products and um you know, discoverability really, we want it to be at the center of, of everything that we do. And I think our products are transformational in the way that they enrich the lives, you know, of consumers that, that use them. And thinking about, you know, one example of those is, you know, always carrying those staples that people will keep coming back for and making sure that when they do come as a, whether they're a new consumer or they're, they're a returning consumer, that whenever they come, we have something new to show them to let them smell or see or try or interact with. So this idea of discovering a new product or a new form factor is, is super important. And we have um, bud bars and interactive displays that allow our customers this idea of an elevated discovery experience so that they can you know, see the intricacies of the, of the flower and they can smell the flower and really, really be immersed. I think one of the other things that really sets us apart and, and this idea of, of wonder and, and creating wonder not just for our consumers, it's also for our communities that we operate and serve in. So we're super passionate about making a difference in the local communities in which we operate and serve. And so at AIR, we partner with local organizations across every one of our markets to support local causes, different community service efforts. It's incredibly important not only to our employees, but also to our customers. Those are a couple of ways that I think right. we, we bring that to life. So that was the that was the softball question, but here's going to be the harder one now. There's been an illicit market forever. So while yeah, there's a lot of people who support legalization. Most of those people would be the people who already were probably using to some extent uh, the product or are familiar with it on some level. What wh who's your target market then? Is it the the more established illicit user who has crossed over into the legal market? Or do you see a lot of, and you're forbidden for, from saying soccer mom on this show, no one's allowed <laughs> to say that, but is that, are you getting that new customer? And, is, and, 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 if, and then tell me why you think your customers break down the way they do. And I know yeah. that's a hard question, but I'll, I'll let you roll with it. No, I, I, it, it's not terribly hard. I mean, I, when you ask, you know, who's our target customer, it's everybody. Right, it's everybody over the age of twenty-one. Let me let me clarify. Right, and so okay, I, <laughs> that's right. Okay, yes, but you yes. can't appeal to everyone. We know that. And the hard. So you're saying the hardcore 
user for 50 years and also the can a curious person yep. both resonate with your brand? If so, tell me how you do that. Yeah, th both absolutely do. And I think, you know, as we see more and more of, you know, the, this, this legalization movement is going to continue to grow and state more states are going to join. I think there's probably going to be an increase in the diversity of the customers that, that we see, right? So I think we're starting to already see more older consumers, more boomers, more female consumers. Um, matter of fact, I think in many of our stores, we skew more female than, than we, than we do male. Wow. Um, I think there's, is that, in, is that in all the locations or is that a state? Not, at, not everywhere, but, but in a majority of them, we, we okay. skew female. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I think there is going to be a, a bigger mix of recreational and, and medical use as, as time goes on. Right. So the medical programs continue. But yet adult use continues to expand. And I think more and more people are willing to try if they haven't. I think more and more people are beginning to trust in the products. And, and so that, that person who, I think there's always going to be a small component of people who they're going to go to the illicit market no matter what. And it doesn't matter how great our product is or what product we have, they have their guy, right? And sure. But I, I think there are a lot of folks that are very interested in quality and product diversity and we are a vertically integrated organization that can offer exceptional quality. We know exactly what you're getting. We can tell you exactly what, what's in it. We can curate this, this extraordinary collection of, of products. And, and we've got a great product uh, assortment. Uh, you mentioned earlier, we have 11 CPG brands that consumers can, can select from. So we believe that we can attract a great number of, of a broad spectrum of people. And again, the whole brand new to cannabis, all the way to can cannabis connoisseur, we do have a, a suite of products and services for, for all. I think Rhonda's hinting that she wants to talk about her suite of products and brands, which you are going to, but I, <laughs> I should mention Rhonda what Kratz. What gave senior, that away, Yeah, David? I don't know. I just a subtle, subtle message, uh, body language, even though I can't see you. Uh, Rhonda Kratz, Senior Vice President of Air Wellness, uh, 78 and counting uh, chain of stores. Uh, not that's getting a pretty high number. Um, but let's talk. Okay, I'm going to ask you a bit about the operational side of it. But first, give me that overview of your product line then, and the product categories that you carry and that you want to focus on. Yeah, so uh, we have a house of brands, I think I mentioned uh, before, we've got 11 different uh, CPG brands that are sold in over, I think you quoted us earlier, 570 dispensaries, which includes, you know, over 78 of our, of our own stores. And again, we really want to meet this consumer where they are on their journey, right? And have this wide and highly curated product offering that will meet the needs of every customer and every patient. And so we have uh, flour, beverages, concentrates, vape carts, edibles, and we have a tiered approach in each of those categories so that we have more than one product to, to um, appeal to a different kind of a, of a consumer. Um, and so we will continue to grow in, in thinking about deploying novel genetics and, and, and building things like unique terpene profiles and, and customer favorites. I think um, somebody in our organization once said craft genetics at scale. Um, and there aren't a lot of MSOs that, that can do that today. Right. Effectively, consistently, month after month. 
Agree. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, is there a category in there that you see? Am, am I right? Am I right to assume flower still dominant? Yes. Um, and then, it, are there other categories that you see becoming more important, or are you going to continue to focus on flower? We will um, certainly. Yeah, we're going to certainly continue to focus on flower, although the flower category is shrinking ever so slightly, and we are seeing the concentrate category grow uh, a, a little bit, as well as the the vape, edible, and beverages. They're they're growing. So all of them are kind of growing. Exactly, exactly. Concentrates more so, um, but of course, you know, flower is still the greatest share, you know, of the products that we that we sell. So we're going to continue to focus, and 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 our consumers are always looking for. The best quality flower, and so we're, we're we'll we'll not ever move away from that. Well, what does a experienced marketer, as such as yourself, think? Like, what what do you focus on then? Do you focus on what's growing, or do you focus on what's still dominating the flower? Um, so yeah, so what's really so we but we obviously we want to focus on both. And what's great about being scalable is that we can right. So we can we can focus on both. We've got cultivation and manufacturing space that allows us to do both. One of the great things that, that we do is we'll use voice of the customer tools. Um, we measure our customer experience through net promoter score. Um, I, I'm not sure how many other cannabis retailers can actually tout that they, that they use it, number one, to measure loyalty and retention. Um, we have among the, the highest uh, best in class net promoter scores as compared to other traditional retail, um, which, which is credit to our, to our folks in the stores. But that tool also gives us the ability to do consumer listening, and we can we can understand what consumers are looking for in the market, what they like, what they don't like, and that voice of the consumer data also helps to feed our crop planning and what we're going to grow and the kinds of products and the types of products and form factors that we want to supply, and we can also tailor it then by every single market that we operate in. So wow, okay, so super integrated on that level. Cool, Which right? makes it super <laughs> challenging because if one of those pieces of the puzzle lets you down, it's going to have it's going to resonate. You're going to have a domino effect. It's possible. Every everyone wants beverages, but maybe they don't, or you have to you have to drill down and figure it out, or 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 make best guesses. Particularly, I'm assuming. Tell me this: Have you found that cannabis is particularly challenging because of how quickly it changes? Because while I don't know how quickly optical or veterinary changes, but I can't imagine it's as much as cannabis evolves. Yeah, you you absolutely are right on the money, David. It it is incredibly challenging because things happen so fast. Consumer um, you know, consumer preferences happen, uh, they they change regularly. And um and and because there is this lead time, right, for 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 growing, because it's a plant and we actually, you know, you you've got to grow the the product. There is a little bit of a lead time, and sometimes by the time you you go through the growth cycle, you have a product that comes to market. If your customer is already on to the next thing, it is it is potential that 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 could be worrisome. So we do try very hard to stay on top of, you know, all of our you know our our data, both quantitative and qualitative, so that we don't get in that pickle. Um, but it is you know it is certainly is a challenge to to keep up as things change so rapidly and the regulatory environment changes so mm. fast so fast right because that's completely out of control correct <laughs> at least you can correct. go geez we didn't we didn't read the data properly but that's another thing where where it just hits you over the head in a particular state i want to just we don't have a ton of time left but i wanted to ask you because i think a lot of, yes there we have some listeners who are msos but the vast majority of our audience are 
are entrepreneurs and, and smaller uh, uh, owners and dispensary owners and growers. Um, why the success in Florida? What, if you could bottle it and give me it, I'm about to open up a, I pick one up state in New York. What advice would you give me? Why, how did you do so well there? So I, I think that the key for Florida is the, the market is continuing to grow. The number of new patients that are entering the program, because it's still a medical program in, in the state of Florida today, the number of patients that are entering the program continues to grow. Um, we have created the, the number of dispensaries also, by the way, continues to grow. So it's a highly competitive environment, um, but there's enough space for, for all of us um, as the, there are a number of, of you know, competitors that, that each compete for share of consumer wallet. And I think for us here in Florida, it's one, selecting the market, right? It's a growing market. The Florida uh, cannabis market is the third highest addressable market in the nation. And so picking a place where we've got a lot of population, it's incredibly dense. We have a lot of new patients entering the, the program. And you know, for us, we've been able to invest in our grow facilities. The quality of our flower has improved. The, the variation of our products has improved. Our staffing and training has improved. Um, just an, an entire sort of almost a turnaround for, for us in the, when, we, when we bought the, the Liberty Health Sciences brand in Florida. And uh, we see just tremendous continued potential coming out of that, out of that market. So location, location, location. At the end of the day, <laughs> well, we're back well to, said. yeah, well we're back said, to go, go into a really good market where people really like your product and do a really great job and care deeply about your customer. Then you have a chance for success um, that I'm, I'm assuming you, you're trying to duplicate all over. I, in the little time we have left, I ask you one quick question. What are you most excited about over the next 12 to 24 months about air wellness? Yeah. That's coming up. Yeah. So in addition to all the all the, the global and macro things that are happening in the space and the industry, which I'm incredibly excited about, we talked about, you know, legalization is going to increase. And, and I think, you know, the, the, the patient and the customer population is going to continue to get more diverse. Here at AIR, we are planning for a very exciting year. So we're going to continue our organic growth. We're going to continue our acquisitive growth. We have plans to open at least 17 new stores next year. We have oh, okay. plans to, yes. In we, what we states? Have, in the same states that I mentioned or in, in new states? I, I, can sh I can share. That you can least, tell me. <laughs> at least 12 in Florida. That I can oh, tell okay. you. Oh, okay. Uh, the others, okay. The others I'm, I'm, I'm- In I'm other places. <laughs> ex exactly. Um, we also Not have Florida. to rebrand. So, so our business right. in Florida currently operates under Liberty Health Sciences. So we're going to rebrand those to AIR. Um, early, early in uh, Q1, and then we plan to rebrand the remainder of uh, the the air stores at some point throughout the year. Um, and for us, we're really still working on this idea of creating an elevated omni-channel customer experience. And so, while I believe we do it mm. incredibly well today, um, we want to continue to improve in all of the facets so that again we can meet the customer where they are, have them in interact with air where they want, when they want how right. they want. And, um, and we're just going to continue to, to improve on all those. We've got lots of projects in the pipe. It's an incredibly time, uh, incredibly exciting time for, for the industry and for air. Well, unfortunately we've run out of time, but that's, it is an interesting story and it's an interesting success story. Uh, potentially because a lot of what I've heard would apply to any business, not just something that's growing to, well, you're almost, you're on your way to getting to a hundred locations and that's getting into the, into the upper echelons. 
Uh, so that's impressive. Uh, we have been talking to Rhonda Kratz, SVP of Air Wellness. And I should have mentioned, well, I mentioned at the top of the show, that's A-Y-R, Air Wellness. And I would invite you to check them out at airwellness.com, A-Y-R-Wellness.com, if you're in one of those states. And it sounds like there's potential that you might be, they might be coming to a, to a dispensary near you because uh, this is a chain to keep your eye on. Um, Rhonda, thank you very much for your for your insights and, and also uh, sharing a, a little bit of the secret sauce with us. Thank you so much, David. It's been an absolute honor and a privilege. And we will be back with uh, more of The Business of Cannabis. The Business of Cannabis is brought to you by Cashtech Currency Products, North America's leading cash management provider for cannabis retailers. Cash recyclers, smart safes, software and services, CashTech has everything the cannabis retailer needs to track, manage, and secure the cash earned in the dispensary. Don't take chances with your cash. Call CashTech and solve the problem. Visit www.cashtechcurrency.com to learn more. Well, welcome back. That was, uh, we just had a nice chat with Janine Yu and John Pollock of Sundrift and Rhonda Kratz of Air Wellness. And it's Matt Cook's favorite time of the show because it's Matt Cook <laughs> joining us. Because <laughs> it's all about me. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's you're <laughs> the third guest because uh, it's a, it's all it's basically every week I have to put up with this as Matt comes mm-hmm. in, weighs in on 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 what we've heard, and um, and uh, as I said at the top of the show, it you know business never changes. The no, it's always tough. It doesn't matter what stage you're at, whether you're just starting. It's so much work just to get a product developed and on the market and then you haven't even accomplished anything and then that's sort of sundrifts where they're at and then you get air wellness pretty well-known name uh like i said 78 some stores um most of florida uh or two-thirds of them uh and they still have challenges there it's certainly not a, a money machine where they can just sit back and relax um, like when do you get to relax in business? I don't, I don't know. You don't. When, when did you? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I still haven't. Maybe that's okay. why I look the way I do. Yeah. <laughs> that's why it's radio. We knew. It exactly. Not, yeah. I have a face for radio. <laughs> yeah, we couldn't do that. So um, I found Sundrift's, like, I found an interesting take. Endless creativity. That's what cannabis mm-hmm. is on some level. It's, it's just when you think, well, what else could a candy um to appeal what do you think of the appeal to that market um is that a is that a, a real market or they're going to have a trouble finding enough customers now well i mean these are always uh the difficult questions when you when you need to peer into the crystal ball um i think it's definitely a differentiator i think um you know, it, it's definitely interesting, and just like everything in this in this industry, it's still so young. It's tough to to really kind of point out um, right a solid you know, trend like the winners is, and losers. Yeah. Like right. it's you know it's going to be hard. And I mean, you know, to your point earlier, um, regardless of what stage you're at, uh, you know, you, you're always going to have different challenges, right? when you're you know just starting into a you know with a unique product or a unique you know a brand um very different than when you have 78 locations you have other challenges um which you know never really go away but you know it'll be interesting to see i i, I think the candy idea is is very interesting 
Um, you know, but uh, time will tell. You, you know, uh, it's I love the portability. If I'm I'm sitting back, I'm an investor. I got bags of money. Okay, mm -hmm. this is theoretical, by the way. You know, it's interesting play because the the cost of investment to take this product across the U.S. is relatively small compared yeah, to a grow good. or even dispensary, right. <clears throat> which is still costing. I don't know. I'm going to make up a number: two to five hundred thousand dollars, up to a million dollars to or more Depending to where. Yeah. yeah, for a dispensary. Forgetting about the ongoing rent. You know, find a candy company bring the infusion technology, which right. you've already perfected, and you're there. Um, yeah. It's interesting that their focus is on sort of the non-traditional user. Uh, we didn't really have time to delve into it, but maybe they're mm -hmm. thinking it's tough to get those people to move off their sort of category of choice. Right. And, you know, so that would be, uh, it has, it's a, yeah, it, Wow, they've got a, ro a long road ahead of them, but there's definitely a road. Um, the flip side right. is it's uh, there could be a lot of competition. There, there's no, they don't have any proprietary. Um, no, but I mean, just just because you don't have anything, you know, proprietary doesn't mean you can't, you know, um, yeah, do well. And you can yeah, and if you execute well, um, right. and you don't you don't make a lot of mistakes. You don't. You know, get ahead right. of yourself, then you can have a really yeah. good business. Well, like it's sort of like Janine, you was the head of operations, so it's like Janine, over to you. <laughs> yes, make make us powerful. Make it happen. Make it happen. Uh, and Air Wellness, um, they made it happen in Florida. Obviously, fifties. I can't remember the exact number. 50, 52 uh, locations. Um, then scattered across other locations. It'll be a fascinating story that we have to, how do you translate, can we always see success in our own terms? I've been successful there and I could be successful anywhere. It's very difficult, mm -hmm. why, why Florida? Um, which she addressed, but how do you take that success and bring it to Arizona, it, yep. you know? Um, and that's maybe why there haven't been too many national brands. Uh, yeah, it's, but, you know, it's, it's, there's structural impediments, but. But there's there's nuances to every market as well, yeah. um, and I mean there's <laughs> unfortunately there's a long list of uh, disasters of companies expanding into uh, an area in a market where they thought it was going to be simple. I mean, look, you want the one of the biggest in recent history was Target expanding to Canada. Sure, what um, could what could be easier? It's just a what little could country. Be easier? Yeah, right. We're target. And yeah. <laughs> it was a massive um, failure that cost them billions of dollars and cost a lot of people jobs. Um, you know, so it's the same thing. You really have to you can't assume that you can apply the same um, business processes and, and procedures and um, even the same marketing to different areas because they are very, very different. New Mexico is not the same as New Jersey. Right. That Florida one little word. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one at the end. The yeah, new, exactly. it's new. They're new. They're brand new. Yeah, they're so, new. They should, so they should uh, apply. Um, I love marketing people, super excited. Uh, but I also felt like I heard in Rhonda's words, like we have so much work to do. Um, right. uh, and there's a lot of companies at that edge that over the next couple of years, I think, are either going to be bought out or they're going to step up and become 
so, however national brands are going to be, there's going to be, you know, a few and that's it. Uh, and the and the only difference and they're all between, sort of at this level, kind of. You know. But the the difference between the winners and losers are going to be the ones that don't, you know, um, that don't get over their ski tips. Like they don't make that critical error, and you might not even know you're making it at the time. Um, but you know, it's the the companies that uh, stick to what they're good at. Right. They don't, you know, make silly investments and. And uh, they just keep doing what they're good at. Uh, yeah. I've seen it too many times where it's like, oh, we could now get into this. And right. that is the downfall. Yeah. Um, what about drinks? What about dabs? Well, wait a second. T-shirts. Oh, the peripherals and celery. Yeah. But yeah, it's hard. But on the other hand, some companies have been very successful doing that. And they, they, uh, they diversify so they don't have all their eggs in one basket. And they're able 100%. to. Fascinating. We are going to have to end it there. Um, we had talked to Janine Yu and uh, John Pollock from Sundrift with an uh, exciting, I'll, say, I'll use the word exciting, new edibles offering, a candy. Um, and Rhonda Kratz of Air Wellness, as she and the Air team try to, I guess, uh, take it to that next level like a lot of other people. Um, and that will probably be Cannabis 3.0 as right. the brands, some brands actually become dominant. Um, until then, uh, we'll be back. Uh, well, have a great week, and, and, and we'll be back, of course, with uh, more stories from the Canvas front lines and, and more insights from Matt. Thank you very much for joining us, as always. My pleasure. Uh, a little thank you to Cash Tech, uh, who sponsors this show, uh, Cash Tech Currency Products. For all your cash management needs, go to www.cashtechcurrency.com. Uh, I'm Dave Sky, uh, your host here on the uh, your favorite show. I'm going to say it. We know it. Be well. And this is the business of cannabis. The use of cannabis.